I am so excited to be partnering up with Gorillas again this season. The original sexy grocery delivery app is revolutionizing online shopping. Fresh food delivered to your door in minutes, catering to all your food needs. Operating in nine countries around the world, Gorillas supports small businesses as well as local producers to bring your favorite brands to your door. Run out of wine during the dinner party? Gorillas can sort that. Run out of eggs for your Sunday morning pancakes? Gorillas can also sort that. Don't believe me when I say how great they are? Then download their app and get £10 off your first order when you spend £20. Use the code SEXY10 at checkout and thank me later. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, food experts, chefs, and people who just love their food to find out all about their life, career, and their favorite tastes along the way. Today, I'm joined by three men who were ingrained into the soundtrack of my childhood. Sean, Scott, and Richie were a part of the original group of lads who made up five. They stormed onto our airwaves in 1997, releasing hit after hit and selling over 20 million records. Considered as the bad boys of pop, they were the all singing, all dancing, all chiseled abs and cute faces that a 10-year-old me danced along to at the school disco. And yes, I did have their posters on my walls. They reformed in 2013 for the ITV series, The Big Reunion, which generated huge excitement. And they're here today with even bigger news, the release of their first album in 20 years, aptly called Time. Sean, Scott, Richie, thank you so much for coming on Crazy Sexy Food. And thank you for that amazing, amazing intro. Thank you very much. I know, I've like, sort of like felt like I was welling up a bit. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well then, I've, I've done my job, I've done my job. I mean, I have to say, guys, let's just get it out there. My 10-year-old self, honestly, is having an absolute heart attack because this is very <laughs> exciting for me. And as a 34-year-old woman, honestly, I never thought I'd be in this position. Very so good. So thank you for joining me. No worries. And how are we all? We are very, very well, thanks. I mean, I speak for myself. I've actually just had COVID. But, oh, um, lovely. Congratulations. Yeah, that was really, really pleasant. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, um, yeah, but, but, you know, I finally finally got the bug and I've got that out of the way now. Yeah. So, yeah, um, just raring to go for this year, really. You know, it's been a bit stop-starty for a couple of years, obviously, with a lot going on. I don't know if you noticed. Um, mm, I heard <laughs> about something. Yeah. So I'm um, looking forward to, to getting out and seeing the people again and playing the tunes, and you know. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, what I want to know is how does it feel to kind of like be back on like the trail of promo, launching a new album? You know, are you excited? Are you nervous? Um, it's, it's a weird one, really. We are excited. Uh, that, ex- that didn't start with excitement. It started with a few nerves, really. Um, quite... Um, it's quite of a hard process to go through and go, right, do you know what? We haven't released music in 20 years. The diary's really full. You know, just before COVID, we were on tour. We're very, very busy. Um, and we'd always said no to doing new music. And and I think that's because there was a little bit of fear and trepidation there where it was like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, this is going really well for us. They, they still love the old music. But the fans would, over the years, had always ask, are you going to do new music? And we kind of always said, 
I'll never say never or maybe one day, but I don't think we truly believe that ourselves. Um, whereas, mm. whereas now we're all together on the same page and we were like, Do you know what? The timing's perfect. We can't go on stage. Uh, cause Boris has said there's a bug about. So, um, let's do it, you know, and, and we're so glad we did the album. We're really proud of the album. We're really excited for people to hear the new music. Um, the singles that they've already heard, they've seemed to really, really like. So, um, so yes, yeah, really, it's really exciting time. And obviously this is a food podcast, so we are going to mix and match music with food. So I always ask my guests at the beginning of our chat what you had for breakfast today. So let's start with you, Sean. I haven't actually had anything today um, because at the weekend I was eating so much Well, food, that was a great start. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that maybe my uh, metabolism needs a little break. And then, you know, can sort of uh, ease into the day. You know, that's my new thing just now and then. I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice. Okay, well, that's a bit of like intermittent fasting. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. They say that intermittent fasting. What about you, Richie? Well, uh, I hate to tell you, but I'm actually in the same camp as Sean here. I haven't actually had (laughs) anything... Well, what I, what I can tell you, and this is the worst thing for this podcast, being a food podcast, but the past few weeks, when January hit, I decided to do this mad detox. So I've actually been having a lot of like protein shakes as meals and stuff. Um, so my culinary sort of enjoyment this month has probably been at an all-time low, um, and I haven't had breakfast but I'm on the food. I mean, listen, <laughs> I know, but but we still love food. We're here for a reason. Oh, I do. Lo- I love food. Scott, I almost want to make on. up a lie. Um, but <laughs> I, I do. I do fasting. So um, obviously, obviously oh, over over Christmas, <laughs> I, over Christmas, obviously, I, I was speaking to you just before. You know, I made the best bit of uh, beef, um, and I was really, really chuffed with it. But um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is just have one meal a day. Um, yeah, so oh, wow. uh, before Christmas, I was uh, in November time, I'd done a complete fast where I wasn't even having any tea or anything during the day. So I was literally eating, I was doing like, I weren't eating for like 20 hours, then I was in a very small window. But I'm now drinking tea in the morning with milk, so I'm not completely fasting, but it works for me, you know. So I look forward to my dinner when I get home. So my wife has prepped, um, a beautiful dinner today and um sean's gonna be staying staying because we've got some more promo to do we're having a nice beef stew so yeah and it's been it's in the, it's been in the slow cooker since half past eight this morning oh my god that's gonna be beautiful later on it is yes so i want to take it back to your child childhoods a bit i want to know where you were born what was life like growing up what were you eating? Was food important? Who was cooking? Kind of paint the whole picture for me. So let's sort of give each person their sort of turn. So Richie, go for it. Okay, so I grew up in the Midlands town of Bromsgrove. So, um, you know, I suppose as far as culinary, it would be, you know, the local dish would now be curry. Um which you do get some amazing, unbelievable curries around that area. But in, in my home, I actually grew up, part of my childhood, I grew up in a pub because my mum owned a pub. 
So she's very much, um, the pub was very popular for lunches, for office workers and stuff, because mom would cook proper classic sort of steak and kidney pies, things like that, um, shepherd's pie. And it was just like proper home cooked food. Not, you know, a lot of times you go to the, to pubs nowadays and it's kind of, um, you can tell it's like a chain pub. This was home cooked, just like mom used to make, literally. Um, and it was rammed. It was so busy. And mom was very, very big on, um, you know, just, just, just providing that kind of food, you know, that kind of home mom's home cooked food. It often involved gravy. I mean, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. Were you interested in food or was it just kind of, you were given what, you, what your mum made and that was it? My nickname as a child from my siblings and stuff like that was the human dustbin. Oh, okay, fine. So, yes, I was. My mum's actually, because even to this day now, when I get to my mum's, I walk in, I say hello, I go straight to the fridge and I open the fridge and I look in the fridge to see what's, what's going on in there. And I've always done the same thing since I can remember. So, yes, I did have a big interest in food in that I just enjoyed eating. Um, and then obviously, you know, as you, I, I do remember like 16, 17, not liking olives, um, things like that, you know, that, that I hadn't really tried. And then, so my palate expanded in sort of, I suppose in the band and stuff like that, uh, where I would try what you would deem in those mm. days, weird things yeah, like yeah, yeah. olives, those really outlandish, strange things called olives. And, um, yeah, so yeah, actually, I did develop more of a thing that actually after the band, I, um, I you know, I was, I was having a few internal struggles. So to sort of uh, give me a focus, I actually started working at a gastro pub on weekends because I really got into food, but I found that I was burning things or messing things up. And I was like, I really don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And then I went for some food at this pub and I got chatting to the chef and he said, why don't you just come in on the weekends for a bit and I'll show you some stuff. So I did that for a good few months and that really sort of accelerated my my knowledge of cooking and stuff like that. Wow. When I was doing my research, I actually popped onto your Instagram profile and in your bio, you say that you love pork crackling. uh, It's like my favourite thing in the whole world. Done Do you right. know what? I, I don't it's know really what funny it we're talking today because last night I attempted my first ever roast pork with crackling and I have to say the crackling was sublime. You nailed it. Like, nailed it. it. It was all like bubbling at the top, that yeah. proper crispy, none of that tough like rubbery kind of like, like mm, ripping yeah. out a tooth in the process, like proper. Yeah. I was very I happy. also have a confession to make as it's a food, um, food podcast. <laughs> is that I really struggle if I'm eating out and I go to, you know, a place that sells it. I look, 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 look. Oh, what do I fancy? And if pork belly's on there, especially with the crackling, I'm like, I might as well just stop looking at the menu. I can't see past it. I just can't see past it. I I feel the same way. I feel the same Mm. way. So, Sean, talk to me about your childhood and kind of, you know, what was on the table growing up? Well, I grew up in Leeds. Um... It was in it. It was in it because now we're in a sort of time where healthy eating's promoted, isn't it? Like fruit and vegetables, and but in 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 them days, it was um, a different time. It was all like oven food and just like no nutrition, and um, 
everything that you like as a kid, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that's the truth. Sorry, Mum. And, and, like, what what dishes would you say remind you of your childhood? Curry. <laughs> Curry. That, oh, good. It's just one of them things. I mean, I'm like... Um, I know I said I didn't have breakfast this morning, but uh, Rich will tell you I've got uh, quite a relationship with food. I mean, I, there's basically, apart from Marmite and Rocket Salad, I pretty much like everything. <laughs> rocket Salad? That's so random. Yeah, I can't be doing with it. Why, why don't you like Marmite? Uh, it's amazing, Marmite's oh, oh. amazing. Marmite's the best thing that ever happened to no, the world. No, even, even the smell of it just sort of um, sends me sideways, t- it turns my stomach. It's just um, just one of them things, I don't know. Um, yeah. I love Marmite with, with cheese and like then toasting the cheese. Oh, sublime. Anyway, so Scott, tell me. So I, I grew up with a bit of a food phobia, really. So I've had a really weird um, sort of relationship with food for all my life. So my... My mum never ate any veg, um, so in a in a sort of non good way, she didn't sort of force me to eat eat veg, which she should have. Like my like my dad ate veg, so but I was never encouraged to eat it, so I never really ate it. And then I had a really bad experience with a, a with a tuna salad cream sandwich. Um, <laughs> No, like, no, as in, as in that bad of an experience, it gave me this food phobia, which is now like documented everywhere that, you know, like, so basically I was scared of food. I'm still to this day scared of salad cream to, as in, if you come and run at me now with salad cream, I'd run a mile. I'm sorry. What happened? So my, so I've always been fussy, right? So there's certain things as a fussy person, you shouldn't like tuna being one of them. But I liked yeah. I liked tuna sandwiches. But the reason why the, re, the way I liked tuna sandwiches were drowned in um, in vinegar, malt vinegar, right? So it it's negating any of the um, the tuna taste. It's just vinegar basically. But it was my favourite. So my nan, bless her heart, had made me a tuna sandwich. But my granddad had replaced one corner of my tuna sandwich with one of his, and he's had salad cream in it. And when I say oh, no. when I say I puked, I mean I <laughs> I puked. I mean I was I was bad. And from that moment, I was like literally scared of all all textures, all foods, and stuff like that. Um, I about wow. about two three years ago, I went to um, be hypnotised, and I went to um, I had all this um, this therapy done, and and it made me start trying foods for the for the very first time and it's amazing now because i mean so i would have been i think i was 39 at the time when i when i had this this done and it's completely changed my life because now there's still foods that i don't like and and the the blockage there is the salad cream so i I, she said you're never gonna like that you just don't you've got a complete block on it right so i don't like anything like that but after the fifth session i ordered a i ordered a curry I'd never eaten curry in my life. I'd never had a Chinese. I'd never, I, I wouldn't go near an onion. Like I was scared of all foods. Um, my, my... We're talking, we're talking, when we, when we used to travel around and tour back in the day, the only thing I ever saw Scott eat was either burger and chips, a pizza, 
a lasagna or a spaghetti bolognese. That I mean, he lived on. Oh, yeah. and tomato soup. Yeah, tomato but, soup was my but even if you remember, Rich, even the first lasagna I had in my whole life was um, on tour, and that was because I'd spoken to the chef and I said to him, "If it's riddled in onions, I can't eat it." Like so, we had to have no onions in it. Whereas now, like I, I, I'll make, I'll knock up a lasagna now. Like my wife's uh, brilliant, and she teaches me. She's taught me loads of like meals. So every now and again, I say to her, do you know what? I'll cook with lasagna tonight. I'll do the spaghetti bolognese. And um, I've always loved pizza, but I don't particularly like um, going to, and getting a takeaway pizza. I love like home cooking. Like, I'm really, really love cooking. And, and my son's taken up cookery at school and I'm really proud of him. He's doing really well. But like I bake bread like from scratch i don't i don't use wow. a i don't use a bread maker I, I i need it i you know i i've got a starter dough going at the moment so i've got all of these these things that i love doing i love making fresh pizza with fresh ingredients and, and doing it properly um growing up my my mum used to make pizzas is where i got it from so I, that's i got that from my mum and she always made an amazing mince my mum so and she would put it in the slow cooker and it would cook for it would cook all day. So the, the the whole house all day just smelt of this amazing mince that we were gonna have. We used to mince and mash. And um and I still do that now, you know, and I have got a um Kerry's made a um we've got a what, what have we got? A steak um I can't remember what it's called now. A stew. We've got a stew on on now. So the house just smells of this a beautiful be- beautiful aroma. Um so my relationship with food now is is so much better. I'm trying things. Um, but yeah, I, I really struggled in like all that I would eat is tomato soup. On tour, I used to take tins of Heinz tomato soup with me because it's the only thing I was going to get to eat. So like thinking back to this salad cream fiasco, because I'm trying to work out like, is there any correlation? Stop to saying the it. <laughs> S C S C right? That situation. Nasty cream. Nasty cream. Nasty, Na- nasty right, cream. Right. Okay. Do not call the it point- nasty cream. It sounds wrong and we're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> well, to be I agree. And to be honest with you, when you even mentioned salad cream, I wasn't quite sure where the story was gonna go, quite frankly. But what I want to know is like what's the correlation with the foods that you were either like scared of or didn't like? Because I was gonna say, oh then did you not eat things like mayonnaise <laughs> or cheese or butter? But it seems like Mayonnaise <laughs> may- mayonnaise, right? Is disgusting. <laughs> it is like honestly, I don't know whether I can swear on this podcast, but if I can Of course it's you can. Vile, right? Well, it's fucking disgusting, right? Because it's it's just like eggs. It's just like eggs. Yeah. It's like spreading well, eggs. Well, that's what it is. I know. Yeah. yeah, I know, but it's just disgust. Honestly, I don't I don't like eggs. I don't like I'll be honest with you, Scott. I kind of agree with you. I, I'm I have a really weird relationship with mayonnaise as well. So disgusting. I kind of get that. But it's just so interesting that it kind of became like lots of random like you know onion has nothing to do with that but i'm just get, it's the, that you it's the textures um, you know it's like yeah it's textures of food so that's what i'm saying is it more is it more textures than than taste well so it's a really weird thing now right so i will if i'm making a lasagna for example i will chop you know in that lasagna we're putting we've got onions we've got celery we've got you know we've got a lot like courgettes all finely chopped 
if they're finely chopped and they're cooked all day, there's no problem. Because the taste that you're getting from, the, from them ingredients is incredible. But if they were like chopped all big and put in there and not cooked for a substantial amount of time, I wouldn't be going near it Cause, mm. because the, the texture would outweigh the taste. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Does the nutrition stay in it, though, if you cook it that long? I'm yes. No, that's a very know. fair point. Yes, it does. I think it stays if, – if you cook it lots – Take it out of the water. I think the nutrition's in the water. Yeah. But if you're cooking it in a spaghetti bolognese, the nutrition's right. going into it. Yeah. So if you're cooking it all day and draining it, of course you're you're losing and you're you're chucking that water. Yeah. All the nutrition's in the sink. Yeah, you're right. And also at the end of the day, if you're buying fresh vegetables and fruit, I mean, you know, and you're putting that in your body rather than, you know, a takeaway pizza, or whatever, it's still you're making the right choices either way. Yeah. That's, I find that quite fascinating. I'm actually really fascinated behind like the psychology of food and things. And it, and I, I, amazing that you ended up going to have hypnotherapy on it. And you well, yeah, of... because it, it got to the point where it wasn't enjoyable for anyone. Like you'd go out and I'd, I'd even see the boys roll their eyes. Like, because like they'll, they'll tell you that we'd go to, you'd go to this amazing event or whatever, like, and people were putting this amazing array of food out in front of us. And I would be turning my nose up at it, not because I was mm. thinking I was arrogant, like I just didn't like anything. So I'd go, is there a McDonald's yeah. around? And I'd, I'd get a plain burger and put chips in it. And they're all sitting there eating this amazing food. And I couldn't appreciate it. Me and my wife couldn't go out for a nice meal without me going to the waiter. Right, can I bring the ketchup out? And no, no onions. And it just got to the point where it, it, it wasn't funny anymore. It was like a, a mm. real problem. So now we can mm. go out and I can look at a menu and go, like, like, talk about, like, steak, for example. I loved steak as a kid, but it had to be, like, burn. Like, I, I'd, I would say to the waiter, can I have a well-done steak? Actually, cremate it, right? So what's the point? You, you're paying, like, lots of money for basically, essentially, now a, a horrible bit of food. Now, you know, I've yeah. medium-rare steak or even a rare steak, beautiful, with, like, oozing. It's just... I, I, when I first tasted a steak like that, you know, done properly with, you know, butter and shallots and just, proper taste and you're tasting it and it's melting in your mouth. That's how food should be. What an amazing journey you've had. That is, I, I actually genuinely find that fascinating. So you guys, um, I read, uh, applied. Was it all of you that you applied through an ad in the stage who were looking for... Um, I guess, a boy band. I mean, God, there's a lot of kids out there who won't know what the stage is because uh, they grew up in the world of uh, internet and social media. Um, but did you all want to be singers, performers? Was that always sort of ingrained in your childhood? Yeah, I think, or I, I can speak for all of us on this, for, uh, for as long as we can remember. I mean, my mum has got stories of me on holiday in Spain and I'm four years old and there's a restaurant, outside restaurant full of people. I get up on a wall and just start singing to them. And like everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's lovely. That's lovely. And I jump off the wall, walk along and then I go, wait. And they're like, what? I've just remembered another one. I've got to go back and <laughs> sing it to them. So, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just in you. And, you know, you just kind of um, do that. So, yeah, I think, think. Yeah, that was always the dream, you know. It's, it's like a seed in, within you. And, you know, we spoke about that as well because I'm big into the law of attraction 
as well. Um, and it was something that I, I, I only realized I kind of utilized as a child without knowing what it was. And then the band had happened. And then after the band, the secret came out and stuff like that. And I was like, hang on, that's kind of like what I did growing up mm. and how the band came around and stuff. So yeah, very much so anyway, it's, it's always there. And I'm also in my research, I still can't get over this. Apparently Russell Brand also auditioned. He did, he did, yeah. <laughs> He did. I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, it's just, well, actually, can you imagine Russell Brand well, in five? Well, actually, a couple of years, a couple of years ago, he opened the Brits, didn't he? I remember he'd done a big thing and, yeah, and he was yeah, singing yeah, yeah. on a big like bus. He's actually got a, like a, a half decent voice. He's, he's, he's pretty good. So, um, yeah, he kind of admitted it once or twice and he denies it now. But um, I mean, listen, I love Russell Brand, but he's definitely... He's definitely done worse than being a member of Boy Band 5, that's for sure. <laughs> that, yes, I think so too. Um, and I mean, I know, Scott, you've just sort of mentioned a little bit about being on tour and like your relationship with food whilst you were sort of around and about. But I speak to a lot of artists and I'm always quite fascinated by, you know, touring and food. And, you know, it, you have these unbelievably crazy schedules you know, was food important whilst you guys were out and about performing all around? Because, you know, especially with your stage performances, they're quite intense. You're, you're dancing, you're singing, you know, was diet important or was no. it just very much, we got to grab yeah. what we can? We it should have been. Yeah. Um, to be, to be fair, if you, I remember the first ever photo shoot we did for one of the big papers, News of the World or the Sun or something. And I remember that they had, you know, they put the names. So it's the five of us stood there and they put the names and like they were, you know, hunky or blah, blah, blah. And mine was beefy. And I was like, beefy, what? And I looked at it and I went, oh yeah, I have put on some weight because all we ever did was eat McDonald's, you know, and, and, and fast food in the beginning. And then as time went on, we had to really put our foot down because we couldn't, cook for ourselves because of our schedules and stuff like that. And we actually said, look, you know, we're getting really overweight. Even though we're using up so many calories, we're eating on the fly, chocolate, fast food. And we really had to say, look, we need to look after ourselves because we're just going to burn out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was, it, it got to a point where it, it was more important to the record label that we spent more time, you know, performing or, or doing interviews and stuff than it was to eat. And it would be grabbing on the, on the go. And um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great because obviously you wasn't getting what you what you needed, what your body needed. I certainly wasn't because it was I was just eating crap all the time. Um, but there wasn't there wasn't even any time in the schedule that was like a lunch break. It's just, just unheard of. It's actually a little bit like what Sean was saying about his childhood. Like the times have changed so much. You know, back when you guys were sort of like on that crazy schedule, it we weren't talking about things like organic food and intermittent fasting and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I'm sure like nowadays, a lot of these, you know, young kids who are kind of coming into the industry, you know, I think there's a lot more focus on mental health, physical well-being, you know, and, and rightly so, because it does end up in burnout, especially if you're on stage for two hours or whatever, performing at that kind of intensity. Not even, not even that. I think the um, maybe some of the because like mental health we spoke about now and that, and I think that it, we we obviously struggled with that back in the day as kids being overwhelmed with everything. But maybe if um, 
if they'd have had like a nutritionist, uh, somebody sort of looking after our diet, it probably would have, because food and sleep really is fundamental to your emotions, isn't it? And how your body's feeling and, and, and it probably would have helped because everywhere we went, it was just like getting a hotel, club sandwich uh, for your lunch, then a cheeseburger at night and then and then 10 pints of lager. I don't think the nutritionist would have stopped the lager, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, a bit of nice food in between. You know what's that, ridiculous, right? So you're talking about, you know, like if there was a nutritionist. Now, I don't think at that age I... I would have listened. I, I genuinely, yeah. th- even if it was on tap, I don't think I would have. Because whilst Sean was just saying that, I was I was reminding myself of of something which is absolutely mental and uh, it's well worth a, a mention. So on tour, you're obviously very busy. You've got someone doing your hair, someone doing your makeup. You've got someone doing your wardrobe, and you've got so, like so, but like you'd have quick changes, quick changes at, at, on tour. So you, a lot of our outfits would um, have like. Um, Velcro at the back, so literally you'd pull the outfit off, and someone would be dressing. Someone would literally be dressing you while you stood there. Someone sorting out your microphone, and like I had someone putting on my shoes. Like literally, you done nothing for yourself. But I, this isn't made up. I genuinely mm. had a guy that used to get me a can of beer and shotgun it for me and hold it to my face while start just just before. <laughs> and and this was and, and that's true, Rich, right? <laughs> No, no, no. But the thing was, right, we have, this is the quick change in the in between. So we, we've yeah, done yeah, yeah. a little 20 yeah, minutes Lucas, or no. 25 minutes. And then all of a sudden <laughs> we go, we go out the back and we've got 30 seconds to get that off, get the next one on. And Scott's more bothered about shotgunning a can of lager Stella. than he is about getting the outfit on. But... Honestly, I've got someone. I've got someone putting me. I've got someone putting me me shoes on. Someone buttoning up my top, and I'm going right, Gary, go right. And, and literally, he would pierce it and he'd hold it to my face. <laughs> oh my god! I actually can picture it right yeah, now. Every quick change. Yeah. <gasps> you were like doing a quick. Yeah. I was about to say he was like doing an inhaler quickly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I, was I mean. It's. It's fascinating, actually. I mean, I mean, that's part of it is obviously what I picked up. But also, I've always wondered how artists change so quickly. So it's all the bloody Velcro at the back, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You literally and, strip and, off and, and you go into... two to three people yeah. per person. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fascinating. I mean, again, sort of Sean mentioned something as well. You know, obviously, you guys apply for this band. You know, you go through your stages and let, let's fast forward. You've kind of broken out into the industry, you know, you're suddenly thrown into this crazy world of showbiz and fame. You know, how does that feel? You know, having come from such a, you know, private life, you know, you guys don't come from famous families, you haven't grown up with it. You know, what is that like at that age? When you're, if, if you were thrown into it at any age, you're not ready for it. No. But when you're thrown into it at 15 or 17, it is a really eye-opening experience. Um, And it's not something we were particularly prepped for or anything like that. And I've got to say, like, now you ask it and I put my mind back there, it was extremely lonely Mm. because... So many people and things are coming at you all the time and you don't know who to trust all the time and you're just a kid. 
that kind of you know it, it that was a real sort of like you know give me give me like i need to just take a few deep breaths and sort of you know before i go back out in the room kind of thing you know well this is the thing there is no like rule book is there of like teaching someone how to suddenly deal with you know I don't know, fans or just being in the public eye and having every facet of you be documented. Well, you can't. Or, you can't um, it's just... It's very hard to process. And as Rich said, you're so yeah. young. You're so young and, yeah. you're, um, and you're so busy as well and everything's 100 miles an hour and you, you, you literally haven't got any time to catch your breath. So, mm. and, you know, we laugh about shotgunning the beer. I'm doing that for a reason. I'm doing that, to, you know, because that's what, you know, I'm trying to obviously cover something or... or you know, I'm thinking, you know, so it's, you're so busy and you've got no one putting their arm around your shoulder and saying, are you okay? It's literally mm. get on the stage. Come on, get on, go. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's it really. It's so hard. And how does it feel now that you're kind of back again, but in a very different world, you know, you weren't competing with social media. We, the internet was, you know, in its infancy, if that, you know, mm. It's a whole different ball game these days. Are you happy that you got to experience it without all those added extras? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not not just not just the social media, but you know, there's that whole thing of a, a lived experience mm. rather than just documenting an experience that you're not really living if, because you're trying to document it. If you know what I mean? And I am very conscious of that when I'm doing something that is really cool, I, I might document a bit of it and then I'm like, right, put your phone away and actually yeah. live it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guarantee as well, you've, you've seen what we're like, you know, and, and we were probably worse in those days because we were young, you know, and more stupid. So <laughs> I, I guarantee that we would have 100% got ourselves into major, massive trouble if Twitter and the like had been around in those days, because massively, there were many times that we'd come off stage, you know, we'd get on, you know, vodkas or whatever, and you know, we'd get really drunk, and I, I can hear the voice, I can hear the conversation. If it had imagined, like, you know, you're so right, take a picture of your testicles <laughs> and and put it out on Twitter. I dare you. And you go, okay. I mean, literally. You, before you know it, you're waking up and there's, you know, your, your testicles the front page of the sun, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's and you've not realised. He's 100% right. I mean, I've done some questionable TikToks pissed recently um, that I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning. But, but I'm 42 years old now, so I've got a little bit of a filter. I'll go, no, no, don't put that on. And there's there's some that I've gone... Yeah, probably should have had five less points before you posted that one. But but now, but testicles, Scott, no, or not? No, no, just me chatting. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, is it your testicles? No, no, not my testicles. No, no, I'm just uh, chatting shit on the internet. Right. But back in the day, I wouldn't have had that that level of filter where I would have gone, don't post it. I would have gone, ah, oh, let's just post it. Wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, well, it would have mattered because it w- would have got in trouble. Mm. But yeah. I need to ask, what was on your rider back in the day? Joe, you know what? Not that much. I mean, literally, um, it was just well, maybe a... I should maybe I should rephrase that. Is it more of a what wasn't on your rider? <laughs> we, Joe, you know what? Not, not I really. think we've got I mean, more on the rider now. I, I, I gen- what's like, on the rider now? Far, 
as far as alcohol goes yeah we've yeah. got um we've got two two bottles of spiced rum on there premium spiced rum it's got to be it's got to be a kraken or a bacardi spiced or something like that um we've got a bottle of champagne um a couple of bottles of wine a couple of waters just to make it look good um um <laughs> and three bananas that's about it yeah and you know like and if we run out it's okay because we can just ask, you know, is there any chance we could get a vodka or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about this in my alter ego, if I was ever to have been a singer, what might what would be on my rider? Come on, and I mean, what it, would be on it? Oh, it would have been a ridiculous. I probably would have asked for like tigers and leopards and all sorts. I don't know. No, I think there would have been um, a good selection of crisps. Yeah. Oh, you've got to have some crisps uh, There would on be there. tequila. Ooh. Yeah, crisps, tequila. Vodka. What's your favourite flavour, crisps? Uh, well, we're going to get to that, funnily enough, in a minute, Sean. You'll see why. I can't disclose that until I get to my quick-fire okay. question. Right, so that's a very, right. very important, that's a very important question. It's just a question. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting very political now. Um, what else All would be right, on my rider? Right. I'll get back I in would've... my box. I'll get back in my box. <laughs> I don't know. I think also, as you guys can vouch for, like if you're about to go on stage, you're not really going to eat a massive meal, right? So you kind of yeah. just want like maybe a bit like something slow releasing. Yeah. A few little sweets or something. Yeah, I you just want to shotgun a Stella. Basically. I'll probably shotgun a, a shot of tequila, but yeah, okay. Sounds good. Just to get, you know, the blood going. Um, Something that I love about you guys is it's very unusual to hear of boy bands writing most of their songs and um i'll be i'll be completely honest i mean at the age of 10 i probably didn't realize that but as an adult i really appreciate that and you know I, as i said you know i do get to meet quite a lot of musicians and for me that is i think something i admire hugely is songwriting what is the process like for you guys when you go to write a song or album um, Silence in lockdown. <laughs> no, in no in in lockdown, it was quite difficult because obviously at points we were all in different rooms, so you know we'd be doing bits and bobs here and there, um, and then when we got together, it would be finishing that song off. Um, but it can it can a be lot of, a lot of phone recordings, a lot of sending a lot of uh, sending things on the phone. Mm. But um, but yeah, I mean this we're really proud of this album, and 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 when we. When we finally listened to the, you know, the, before we press play and, and, and put it on the internet, um, we were like, Do you know what, this is this is a really good album because it's got all of the sounds of the '90s, but it's also got sounds of now. So it's um, we kind of like to think that it's it's an album that people can definitely listen to it and go, yep, that's definitely the five sound. And we've got the rapping there, we've got the got the rock stuff as well, but we've also got some dance stuff and we've got stuff that really sits in today's market really really nicely and talk so okay so the so was to so the album was written during lockdown i have i did mention to you before we started recording i don't think richie was here yet but um i have listened to a few songs off the album and i absolutely love making me fall that's sort of um it's a little bit r&b it's a little bit you know set i found it a bit sexy um and so what else do people sort of, what, what, what's to come? Like, what is the plan? Um, as I said, there's some really lovely this songs on there. Go on, Rich. Go on, Rich. No, no, just, just what's to come. I mean, this year, obviously, with 
with everything that's gone on the past couple of years, um, you know, we've we've not got out and performed anywhere near as much as we usually do. So I think this year, with everything looking sort of better uh, in the landscape and stuff like that, it's going to be very much a year of getting out and reconnecting with the fans, reconnecting with the people, playing the hits, playing some of the new stuff. And, you know, that's just very much what this year is going to be about. Amazing. I was going to ask you, are you going to perform some of your old hits? I mean, you're going to have to. Oh, like, of course. Uh, that is a staple. Always, yeah. always. Most of always. The, the vast majority of our show, we, we're lucky enough to have quite a few of them so that, you yeah. know, when we play a show, it's it's thankfully, and I don't mean to blow our own triple, but it's banger after banger. Yeah, so it is. most of our show is, is songs you'd know. You're not going to come to a show where where we're literally just going, here's the new album, because we, we appreciate yeah. that they no. they definitely want to hear some of the new songs, but let, let's, uh, you know, we need to play the hits. That's what, they, that's what they're there for. Which seamlessly brings me on to asking you all individually if you could choose your favourite track from back in the day. I'd have to say keep on moving. Um, I, I love If You're Getting Down. It's, it's, it's a great song. But when, when we sing Keep On Moving, there's something that happens within that crowd. Um, and especially now with what's gone on with COVID and, and stuff, you know, it's a very positive mm. message, isn't it? Get on up when you're down. And um, and I think a lot of people in lockdown have been down and they've, you know, and they've had moments where they've gone, oh, Joe, you know I just want this to sort of go away and life to come back. And even more so now when we sing it, I think people go, <laughs> wow, these lyrics are really, really uplifting. So um, it, it has to be keep on moving for me. Sean? Um, I, I like I like different ones for different reasons. Like um, even uh, Slam Dunk the Funk is not my like my favourite song of ours at all, but I've just got really like fond memories of um, when we first got together and we was like listening to the backing track before we'd release a single or anything like that. And it was just about, it just had like a real edgy sort of bass line and it was just like, you could, we were visualising what was to come from us. I don't know, it was just like, it reminds me of a really fresh time when we really got together. And then Keep On Moving um, is definitely my favourite. Uh, I remember being in the studio after we'd finished it and um, I didn't think it was all at me. I, th- I thought, <laughs> I remember saying to the producers, I don't think we, I don't think this is all that. And they said, no, 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 they, they could see there was a, this is a really, really special song. This is, this is really special. And I was thinking, how do they know? No way. I, I, I think it's bang average. So <laughs> years later to actually see, years later to actually mm. see that people are still singing it 20 years it's on. still standing the, the test of time, time, hey? Yeah. And it's, it's humbling that, that when you write a song, you, all you can be is what you are in that moment. You never, you never really know how people are going to react to it. And that's the beauty of it, I think. So it always mm-hmm. reminds me of that. Richie? Well, you know, it changes daily. It depends on my mood, really, I suppose. And Keep On Moving has to be up there because, like Scott said, it's the, it's the song that I get the most joy out of because I, it's the most song that people come up and say, that song got me through a certain time. Uh, really, you know, and I listen to it and, it and it makes me happy. It stops me being sad and makes me happy. So that's nice. But today I'm actually going to go with everybody get up because I really feel um, prior, when we released that, I believe it was our third single, maybe our fourth. And I feel it really stamped our difference 
to the other bands of the time on the marketplace and on on kind of things like ah these guys are different they're a bit more like hoodlums they're a bit more rebellious rather than sort of choir boy boy banders that only sing ballads and are virgins and don't drink and all this (laughs) but that's honestly what they were told to say they all said that at the time so for me growing up like in dance music and grunge you know that i suppose that's like a little win for me that like yeah we sort of came in and disrupted the bloody cool video as well place of it wasn't it such yeah. a very cool i yes yes do you know in that video in that video we had to um we had to do everything in slow motion and then everything in in um fast motion so then when we're oh, yeah. so when we're chucking the paint when we're chucking the paint You're joking you know so we'd have to go everybody get up sing it what like that so then we and then we'd have to also do it double speed. Everybody get up, sing it one, two, three. <laughs> and so then they could have the slow motion and the fast, but it was unbelievable. The 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 one that was slow actually was for the sped up footage, and the one that was really quick ah, was for the slow-mo. Is that because the technology wasn't what it is now? No idea. I, that's just the director said. In fact, I remember. That's so I interesting. I think it was this. It is interesting. I, I, we were just had to accept it. Okay, this is what we got to do. It's yeah, like, it feels yeah. really weird. I know it feels weird, but it's going to look good. Just carry on. But I do remember the, like, I think they're called second AD to the director or first AD. Mm-hmm. And he had this, this thing with a wire. And it was like a, almost like a torch, but the sound came out at the end of it. And he kept, because the five of us would be stood together and he'd be like, walk up to us and he'd be stood here. But then he'd go really loud on the town like, okay, guys, let's get you in the thing. And <laughs> yeah. in the end, like, because video shoots are really stressful. And we we ended up telling him, like, mate, we are going to stick that thing where the sun goes on. You keep <laughs> making us jump with it. All you have to do is say, can you just go there? You don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> just, just, I'm concerned because I, I literally... Yeah. I would not, oh I, I not want to get on the wrong side of you guys, honestly. <laughs> well, can't none I remember of... one thing from that. <laughs> can you not? <laughs> <laughs> no, is, that be- is that because you had someone with the beer just like shotting it down your mouth? <laughs> no, I literally cannot remember. I can't. I can't, I can't remember any of it. Weird. Was Sean even there? He, he was. He was. There. I don't think I was. It was. <laughs> it was before the cardboard cutout. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, none of you have mentioned my favourite song. Oh, what well. is it? Which now makes me wonder if I'm cho- if I'm choosing the wrong one. I if don't know. If you don't want to let you go, you're, you're in down. the wrong. You're in the wrong game. No, um, it's actually when the lights go out. It's a good song. It's a good song. So, uh, listen, do you know what? Even to this day, that's like, because I'm really into my R&B and hip hop. And it's just, it's a very like, I don't know. I just, for me, it just, I I can listen to that all day. It's one of my favourites. I'll I'll give you that. Fair dues. Yeah, I like it. So just back to the food and uh, and then we are going to finish with some quick fire questions. Do you, well, I know about you, Scott, but the other two, do you guys cook? Yes. Sean? A little bit, little bit. What do you mean by a little, little bit. bit? What's your speciality? I don't have a speciality. My speciality is pick up a book and follow the uh, recipe 
every single word because if I don't, I'm definitely Sean, going to mess it up. you're doing yourself down here because you're very, very good on your Weber barbecue. You're very good, so don't give it that. Oh, I like barbecuing. Yeah, I like barbecuing, but I still. But if, if I do something more adventurous, I still follow the book. I'm so not what was creative the, with it? What was the last thing you made from a cookbook? Um, well, the barbecue, uh, like slow ribs. Oh wow! No, when you like, okay. yeah, we you know when you cook them for like hours. Uh, I like that. Okay. And you brush the sauce on, you know, like American. Oh yeah, like a like a sort of like barbecue. Like the, when they brush yeah, it, yeah. oh, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, well, you make the you make your sauce, and then you do all the yeah. Oh, nice, Richie. What's your speciality? I do. Richie's exceptional. Uh, enjoy a slow cut shoulder of lamb. Oh, okay. Uh, and I stick a bit of garlic, um, anchovies that I sort of mess up in the uh, pestle and mortar, rosemary, <laughs> and slow cook that. That's something I enjoy doing with like a red uh, red currant sort of gravy vibe um i do really enjoy doing that i enjoy like making things like thai curries and stuff but i have to admit and i sort of feel a bit sort of disappointed in myself but i'm a single parent and my daughter's only seven so a lot of the time i'd cook things and i put it out and you know it's soul destroying every time to just have that their nose turned up at it, you know? Every time you put it out, it's like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. You're like, oh, what's the point of standing there for two hours just for that, you know? So, I've, you know, and then the rest of the time, if I'm on my own, you can't really be bothered to do it yeah. for yourself, you know? So, yeah, I, I've, I don't cook as much as I used to, but I, it's still there if I start playing, you know, it's there. But I do, I do enjoy, when I, when I do it, I do enjoy it. Right. Quick fire question, boys. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we'll do this. What we'll do is we'll sort of um, go round in. Um, we'll start with Scott. What is the craziest food you've ever eaten? They made me try. Um, <laughs> they made me try shrimp and I puked. <laughs> Shrimp, disgusting. I mean, mic drop. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Quick fire, innit? Right, there we go. Okay, Richie. Uh, fish head curry in Singapore. Oh, wow. Okay. And I ate the eyeballs. And I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. Has oh. to be done. When in Rome. When in Rome. Yeah. I'd watched, it was years ago, I used to watch loads and loads of cookery programs and I'd seen that it was a thing. So while I was in Singapore, I had a bit of time, I thought, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to go to a street hawker style place and I'm going to eat fish head curry and I did exactly that and I yammed Good for you. And I felt like Anthony Bourdain. Oh, well, you know what? That <laughs> <laughs> And he's eating some wild stuff. Sean, what's the craziest food you've ever eaten? Uh, craziest food I've ever eaten. Ostrich in, uh, South, South Africa on a safari. Tried a little bit of ostrich. Oh, wow. But it's not okay. that crazy. It's only crazy in your mind. Nice. Very similar to beef. So not that crazy, I suppose. Oh. Um, no, that's pretty good. I don't think I've ever had that answer before. Yeah. Sounds it. I'm not sure Scott would eat it. No, so, no. you know. If, it's, if, it, if it tastes like beef, I would. Yeah, I think you'd give it a go. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Oh, didn't we, when we went to Kazakhstan, 
I might be getting this wrong, but wasn't one of the delicacies horse's penis thinly sliced up? Sounds or like... Or is it a type of sausage that we were calling horse's penis? It sounds like something remember. you might have done without us, Rich, if I'm honest. <laughs> no, no, no. You remember it was thinly sliced things that kept coming out on this plate and none of, we of us were like, nah, nah. It still sounds like something I weren't there for, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm going to move swiftly on to the next question. <laughs> um, Scott, what has been your most memorable meal? <laughs> that fucking telegram sandwich. Touche, <laughs> touche. Uh, Sean, what has been your most memorable meal? When I, uh, when I came around Scott's house and me him and his uncle all baked some bread. Remember? Oh, yeah, he's been nice. teaching me how to bake yeah, bread, good, and then and then and then and then he made uh, like he's he made the fresh pizza with the fresh base and all that. And when it's you know when everything's fresh, oh, you wow. can't compare it, can you? Mm. Richie, that. what's been your most memorable meal? It's not actually going to be what you think. I really thought about that while the other guys were answering, and it's this. Uh, when I was four, I had uh, meningitis. And I was in hospital for a long time, like six weeks sort of thing. And I hadn't really been eating very much. And I was starting to get better. And I remember feeling properly hungry for the first time, which, as you know, I was the human dustbin. And my mom was there. I said, Mom, I'm hungry. And she was like, right. And she somehow managed to wangle getting me some brown toast with butter and strawberry jam. And it was like the first thing that I'd eaten properly for ages. And I just remember absolutely loving it. Mm. Yeah, a like lot that. of people give me those answers. Like when they've come out of like really bad illness or like when a woman has just given birth, like the best food they can have is that piece mm. of toast. Yeah. Like just afterwards. I, I totally yeah. get that. Okay. Now, Sean tried to bring this up earlier, but he was a little bit ahead of the game. My favorite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. So we're going to start with you, Sean. What is your favourite flavour of crisps and why? Uh, anything spicy. I love spicy. So chili. Okay. Uh, Max Walker jalapeno and cheese. That type of thing. Ooh, Thai nice. chili. Thai okay. chili. Kettle Richie? chips. Um, okay, there's these. They're not actually crisps, they're, they're pre- little pretzel pieces, and I can't remember the name of them, and they come in a jalapeno. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it green and gold? I could eat packets so of them, packets of them, but also, for the classics, I like steak flavour McCoys or uh, squares, salt and vinegar. <gasps> squares! Mm. Old school. Ooh. Yeah. Scott? I mean, I've got so many. Um, squares are incredible. They're a staple. Get them in. Um, I, I'm going to have to say um, my go-to because I don't eat crisps all the time. And then when I when I'm going to eat them again, my go-to is always pickled onion monster munch. And that's really weird. Yes. Yeah, that's really weird because I don't like pickled onions. But I. <laughs> I, of course you don't. But I absolutely, I mean, when I say I could eat a truckload of them, I I love them so much. Pickled onion monster munch are incredible. And I'm assuming by your reaction that they're your number one. 
They are amazing. Yeah, so back to Scott's initial question. They are my favourite crisps of all time. And same as you, I could literally eat a truckload. Did you see a programme? They are of, just A couple heaven. of years ago, a programme where they were trying, where you had two um, chefs trying to recreate a pickled, a pickled onion monster munch. Really? I watched it, I watched it on the telly and um, it's really hard to get like the, uh, like the puffiness and the taste. But I'm one day, yeah. I'm oh. going to try Mm. Well, let me know. I will. Richie, what yes. food sums up happiness for you? The first thing that came to mind is a really, really super fragrant kind of Thai, Malaysian, Indonesian curry um, kind of vibe. Oh, very nice. Mm. Sean, what food sums up happiness for you? Anything spicy. Jerk chicken, Indian curry. Yeah, yeah that type of thing. Scott, it, it honestly it sounds like a really generic, boring answer, but it would it would have to be like a homemade roast with me you know, and the kids and Kerry just sitting around proper you know proper Yorkshire puddings, not Aunt Bessie's proper Yorkshire puddings, you know all done properly, couple of couple of beers, sitting out at home with the people you love, eating a roast dinner, can't beat it. Couldn't agree more. And final question, Richie. Live to eat or eat to live? My my base thing is li- uh, live to eat, but currently I'm just eating to live. Okay. Scott, live to eat or eat to live? Eat to live. I can go without food. Okay. And then, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll get to the end of an evening and go, I love food, but I'll get to the end of an evening. And Kerry goes, you didn't have any dinner. And I go... Oh, all right, I'll have something. So, yeah, probably eat to live. How about you, Sean? I'm trying to, these days, eat to live, but throughout my life, I've realised that I have lived to eat because um, I'd eat quite often when I weren't even hungry. I might just feel a little bit sad or a little bit bored. First thing I'm going to do is I'll just go to the fridge, start eating, and and it's only, like, past few years I've started thinking, well, hang on, are you even hungry? And uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, he's sure changed likes a bit. His food. I do like my food. Yeah. St- story of my life. Oh, guys, this has been the biggest pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Thank on. you. We've enjoyed it. Honestly, some of your stories from back on the day are absolutely no fantastic. Problem. I'm sorry about the horses, please. <laughs> Rich. Oh, Richie, you know no, what? I, you knew you wanted to bring it up at some to point. Ruin it, to I ruin think me. maybe, Rich, a little bit of counselling, sort it out, maybe get the memory back for what it was, really. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with everything with the new album and what's to come this year. And I really hope that I can go and relive my childhood and come and see you guys live, because honestly, that would be just the biggest joy for me. You can follow the guys on social media at It's Five Official. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time. Bye.